People follow their hungers, passion, popularity, pleasure. Pastor Ray Bentley says God wants us to exercise self-control. All of the normal desires that you have, they are not sinful in and of themselves. And in fact, without those desires, we couldn't function as human beings. It is when we seek to satisfy these desires outside of God's will that we get into trouble. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Fire is a tremendous tool and a real danger. Fire can heat our food and heat our homes. Fire, when not controlled, can cause untold destruction. Today, Pastor Ray shows us how so many things in our lives are that way. But God wants us to live lives of spirit-led self-control. Let's open our Bibles to the book of James, chapter one. A bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am God's servant. That is a high and lofty calling, and how did we even get the privilege of being the servant of God? To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. We mentioned that this is, uh, we believe, the oldest book of the New Testament, even before the Gospels were written. And so predominantly, the believers were all Jewish, to the scattered tribes. Now, being Jewish 2,000 years ago meant you were a minority, and there was Roman oppression, as we are all well aware. But to be a Jewish believer in Jesus, Yeshua, as the Messiah, was a minority inside of another minority. And there was a lot of pressure. A lot of things were changing in the Roman Empire, a lot of pressure, and then persecution. They were ostracized and persecuted by their own Jewish brothers and sisters, let alone the the worldliness of the times. They needed encouragement. He says, greetings. And here's his first word of encouragement, verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He's writing to people that, whose lives are filled and, and they feel overflowing with trials. They're looking for how should we then live? And his first word to them is, count it all joy, to rejoice. And as we saw, to rejoice is a choice. It means that you decide, I'm going to live by trusting in God and trusting that he loves me, trusting that he has a plan for me, that he is at work in my life. Therefore, the best way to live is to rejoice in the Lord. Count it all joy when you're in various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now that you are saved, or if you are saved, by the way, if you're not saved, now is the time to get saved. I mean, do not delay. Not in these times. The Lord could come at any moment. And, uh, you know, the stage, the scene for the end time scenario is being set up uh, very rapidly. So we've got to look up. You know, when you see all these things happen, uh, when you see Jerusalem surrounded on all sides and wars and rumors of wars, etc., lift your eyes to heaven for your redemption draws nigh. So 
But let patience have its perfect work. Now that you, if you know the Lord, then God's desire, your Father's wish and will for you is that you grow to maturity, that you grow up in Christ. And one of the signs of immaturity spiritually is impatience. It is the inability to trust in the Lord and wait for God's timing in your life. You know, it's not easy to be patient and to wait. And so the temptation is to take matters into our own hands, to kind of help God out a little bit. But, you know, invariably, we do it wrong. We mess things up. We get into trouble. So he now is saying that, that let patience have its work. Wait on the Lord. And you know, you're going to learn this lesson one way or another. Moses learned it. God, you know, had his hand upon his life from the time he was young. He was special. He was chosen. He was appointed. He was anointed. He reaches 40 and he says, I'm the leader of Israel. And he saw some Egyptians beating up one of the Hebrew slaves and he grabs the Egyptian and he kills him. But rather than all of the people saying, oh, finally a, a leader is born, they go, what did you do? And he goes, oh no. And, and then the Egyptians are like, yeah, what did you do? And he has to run for his life into the desert by himself. Uh, J. Vernon McGee says it took him 40 years to earn a BD degree. You know what a BD degree is? It's the backside of the desert degree. It's, it's being isolated, alone, in the wilderness, by yourself, forgotten, whatever dreams you had or done, and until he was humbled. Finally, God reveals himself to him and says, come Moses, now I can make a leader out of you. And so Moses comes back, God begins to lead, God begins to manifest himself in a pillar of fire visibly at night and a cloud by day. Later, Moses is told by the Lord, okay, I want you to go here and to do this. And Moses said, wait a minute, I'm not going anywhere. I, I won't move one inch unless you are going to be there. I am following you. Wait for the Lord as long as it takes. Do not get impatient and think that by taking matters into your own hands, striking out on your own, that it'll be okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, verse five, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You know, it's like saying, God, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. If you're double-minded, let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man unstable in all of his ways. Trust that God loves you, that he will give you that wisdom. And then what we saw, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Now we pick up where we left off. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The word blessed means, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy is the man who is able to endure temptation. 
Oh, how happy is the woman who is able to endure temptation. The crown of life will be given to you. I think that um, the New Testament talks about seven different crowns that are going to be given out to God's children. And um, isn't that, is that a, an unusual thought for you? I mean, and, and it shouldn't be surprising, we are part of the royal family. I mean, it's hard to imagine, but we're kind of the center of the whole deal. As from heaven's perspective, from God's perspective, what he did and gave his son, and what did Jesus do to get his bride? He gave his life, and we are now a royal priesthood. We are royalty, and there are crowns. And then, of course, it says, once we see God, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, it says they will cast their crowns down. Oh, how happy is the man who endures temptation for when he is approved. They will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. That's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. Excuses that don't make it. Now, the, the title of the message is Taking Responsibility. We take responsibility for our lives. We take responsibility for our choices. We have to take responsibility. Someone has said to err is human, and to blame God is even more human. You know, we have a tendency not to want to take responsibility and, and blame the Lord for other things. You know, you hear this often. People finally, they get in, tr you know, in trouble and, and inevitably, in one way or another, I, I asked for God's help. I asked for his leading and he led me here and this is what happened. What are they doing? They're blaming God. Now this is, of course, nothing new. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, we read these amazing words, and by the way, we all, ultimately, we're all related to one another. You can talk about tribes, nationalities, families, but if you go far enough back, we're all related. We all came from Adam. Here's our original earthly dad and what he said in the Garden of Eden. When God came to him and said, what did you do? Adam said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Way to go, Adam. What a stand-up guy. Way to take responsibility and show and be the example, right? Well, so when, you know, you talk about that and you talk about relationships and husbands and wives and blaming each other and all that, you know, you can make your point quite well from there. But here's what I want to look at this morning. If you really look at it, who is Adam really blaming? He uses Eve because she's right there and gets the, the heat off of him. But listen again to what he actually said. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. If you hadn't given me the woman and placed me here by the tree and the fruit, I wouldn't have done it. Ultimately, what Adam was doing through Eve was blaming God. And we blame others, we blame our own loved ones, we'll blame our own family, 
We'll even blame God. The one person that never makes the list is ourselves. And that's not right. Now in Russia, the, uh, you know, you probably heard the, this, he's almost become a caricature, uh, the evil monk Rasputin, who controlled the Romanov family back in the days of, of Russia past. Here's what he as a priest within that Orthodox family began to share with them. He argued that those who sin more require more forgiveness. And those who sin with abandon experience even greater forgiveness and joy. Therefore, it is the believer's holy duty to sin greatly. Well, you can imagine a worldly, worldly people go, that's exactly what we wanted to hear. And to go out and take advantage. But God never ordains or approves sin. And uh, so there are people that say, well, it's fate. You know, God's in charge and God made everything this way, so it's just that's the way it is and it's ordained. No, God never ordains sin. He never approves sin. That's an excuse. So that's taken away from us. The second excuse, the excuse of special circumstances. Others will blame God for putting them in circumstances that are just too much for them. Maybe other people could do it, but I just am too weak and I can't do it. So the student who cheats, because the professor I have is just way too hard, and I'm not that good in this subject, what else could I do? Or the thief who steals because, hey, God made those people rich, but he made me poor, so I've got to even the score. Or the couple who says, yeah, we know that it's wrong that a man and a woman live together in a you know, intimate relationship uh, and then go and call themselves believers, but, for us, there's always special circumstances as to why. No, this is what we know, and even it's what we believe, but here's how we actually practice. The excuse of special circumstances is removed. Finally, the excuse of, it's my nature. God made me this way. I have these desires, and they must be fulfilled, and so I'm doing the best that I can. No. The word desire here, lust, desire, means any kind of desire and includes but is not limited to sexual passions. That's the one that gets a lot of time and it gets a lot of attention and is salacious and gossipy and people want to hear and know about. But there are other passions and desires that are revealed with the drunkenness and the, even the gluttony and the overindulgence that comes from passions and desires that are equally as sin before God. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a very kind and friendly pastor. He will be greatly missed. He, of course, is enjoying the full essence of God's glory. We will see him again someday. Heavenly Father, please bless his wife, family, and church members. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Prayers and messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, 
just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now here's what I wanna also say though, and this is a very, very important truth. So listen carefully in this next moment. Normal desires, all of the normal desires that you have, physically, mentally, and emotionally, all of those normal desires were given to us by God. They are not sinful in and of themselves. And in fact, without those desires, we couldn't function as human beings. Unless we felt hunger and ate, unless we felt thirst and drank, we wouldn't eat or drink and we would die. If we didn't get tired, we wouldn't rest. And guess what? Our bodies would wear out very, very rapidly. Our sexual passions are normal and God designed them also to be fulfilled. And without it, the human race could not continue. And as I put here in your notes, it is when we seek to satisfy these desires outside of God's will that we get into trouble. Inside of God's will, they are to be fulfilled. And in fact, I, I wanna say this to you, that God, I'm gonna just tell you about your father. There's one writer that says God is wild at heart. And what he means is, God is, your dad is, in, he is intense. He is extremely, to the nth degree, zealous. His passions are intense. His love is hot. His heart is fervent. Jesus was like that, and, and it talks about the zeal that is in the Messiah to fulfill all these things. That's the nature of God. And God made you in his image. So all the desires within you, some people have this idea that now I'm a Christian, I've got to tamp down all these desires I have. No. In fact, to the, to the opposite. God wants every passion and every desire to be like him. Passion, he wants you to love passionately. He wants you to love uh, zealously. He, he wants you to experience life to its richest, deepest, fullest. I came that they might have life and they might have life abundantly. And in fact, God doesn't want to tamp it down. He wants to dial it all the way up that you are in love seeking him. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. He lived passionately for the Lord. Now, there are some religions and there are some philosophies that say, you know what, with all these passions, this is what gets all us human beings into trouble. And why we do all these things to each other and we get jealous and covet and this and that. And so what they say is you've got to squish your natural desires or you've got to suppress your natural desires. Or even there are some religions that say what you need to do is, is get into this meditation and this consciousness and the goal is to get where you don't desire anything at all. And, and may I say to you, that's a lie. That's a lie. That is not your father's wish. Or that's, Why would he make you the way that you are and then say now, just deny who I made you to be? He doesn't want you to close your eyes to your passions or to your desires. He wants them fulfilled, but your dad who made you and created you says, but this is the way. Here's how to have it all. 
every desire, every passion, rich, full, abundant, and overflowing, and yet without guilt, and without shame, and without fear. The marriage bed is undefiled. It is all holy when you walk in God's covenant and commitment to one another, and the body and all the desires God gave to us there. And so, you know, he, he says, look, surrender then yourself unto me. Walk with me. I will show you and lead you and guide you how to have a rich, abundant, powerful, uh, zealous, overflowing life. Now here's where the world get, you know, gets it partly right and gets it also very, very wrong. The kind of person our culture celebrates. Our culture celebrates the person that lives for all of the passion and all the gusto. You only go around once in this life, so grab for all the gusto you can, so they say. Well, there is a man, and it'll probably date me a little bit, but you know there was the great writer and, and an American writer, the American man's man, his name, Ernest Hemingway. He wrote some pretty amazing books that capture people's minds and imaginations as far as living passionately. The Old Man and the Sea, uh, Farewell to Arms, For Whom the Bell Tolls. And he wrote and in such a unique way, he wrote short sentences. He tried to throw out every extraneous word he could so that the, every sentence and every word was like powerful and punchy and grabbed you and painted these vivid you know, pictures of life. And then of course he became famous not only for writing that way, but he lived that way. And all these great wild adventures, letting others be jealous of his wild life. And then for him, there was a right way to do everything. There's a right way to go on a hunt and shoot an antelope. There's a right way to eat a shrimp, a right way even to commit adultery. And a man or a woman who fulfills his or her lists with some artistic style is said to be authentic by the world. And so Hollywood and the entertainment crowd and the lifestyles of the rich and famous say, ah, well, he lived passionately. But uh, he lived authentically, which means that is good. But I note that the way Ernest Hemingway ended his life, as he took his own life, is exactly what James here tells us is the end of a life without God. Nothing to live for for another day. Don't buy the lie. Don't just buy half of what God has for you. Yes, the passions to the nth degree but then within the design of the one who made you and created you. So with freedom, you can experience all of life. And not only life here, but a life that will go on forever and ever and ever, and is never cut short and never ends. Again, this is exactly what James said. He said, then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And that's what happens when you only take the passions and leave God as the source of passion out of your life. Pastor Ray Bentley with important words of caution today about the way we're to walk in faithfulness and self-control. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Taking Responsibility. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
and also click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books there as well. His final book as The Days of Noah, a prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicle series. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.